Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What up, homies? Welcome to the 2002 now. Well, I guess it's 2003, but it's the 2002 NFL season finale here. Super Bowl 57, and I brought in the homie, Dan Z, who was just red hot during the regular season, cooled off a little bit in the playoffs, but still has a record that I wish I had, frankly. Dan, what is up, brother? How is your Super Bowl week going? Boring, man. There's nothing going on. <laughs> Come on. I, I feel like I always see you in like our little Slack media scrum mixing it up. And you have article ideas, post ideas. You're giving other yeah. people ideas. So boring. Yeah. I was surprised to hear that. I mean, boring for me. I've only been pitching like one or two ideas a day. Usually I got like 20. I see. Is it because like the Super Bowl content almost writes itself? It does. This year's matchup, I don't really find particularly interesting from a, like all the headlines are so manufactured, which is always what tells you that it's not that interesting of a matchup. Why aren't you interested in it? I just mean like it's the Eagles and they, they were here recently. You got Mahomes, who I'm just like, how many Mahomes stories can we tell the guy's been in the Super Bowl three of the last five years, just like Andy Reid's here again. Just a lot of the same characters. So you're just recycling all the content. I mean, it's gotten so bad that we're already – they're asking Mahomes about, like, catching Tom Brady. It's like, bro, dude's like 27. Brady just retired at 45. Like, we are not anywhere near the realm of having this conversation. The fact that you're trying to have this conversation tells me you got no nothing else to say. No. Yeah, I mean, and they're going to have probably plenty of chances to ask him because I think he'll be back in the Super Bowl um, several more times over the next few years. I guess I'm getting a little Mahomes fatigue, too. I don't hate that. That's what I mean. Like, it just, you know, I don't know. And To be honest, like, Mahomes isn't really that interesting of a dude either. Like, if we're being real about it, I don't find him to be, like, all the stories about him revolve around his wife and his brother because he's kind of boring. Like, he doesn't really say interesting things. He doesn't, not really in the news for anything. Like, you know, at least with like Tom Brady, you know, he's kind of funny and he's going to go into broadcasting and he does the underwear stuff and he makes fun of himself. Like, you know, Brady's kind of fun. He grew into that though. I mean, he was pretty much Derek Jeter for 15 years. Yeah. And maybe that's, that's what it, and then maybe that'll be Mahomes. but I still feel like right now he's just kind of a boring dude. Like I don't find him to be all that interesting. He's probably seeing what happens when you become interesting like Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know what? I don't want to go through that. Let's well, just that's true. let's let everyone understand or think that I'm just addicted to ketchup and that's the only weird thing about me. And he flies well, into the radar. That's interesting you bring that up. Like, yeah, if we had an Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl, like that would be interesting. He would have some weird shit to say. Oh, it would yeah. be it'd be fun. Yeah. But 
And like even Jalen Hurts, I mean, his story is interesting in that, you know, all the depth, but like he's not super interesting either. When you listen to him talk, it's just kind of like, meh, all right. He he does a lot of like, you know, he comes from the Nick Saban, Alabama, like he doesn't say much. Let my play do the talking, which is good. It's how you should be. But for us, what we do, it's it's not a lot of fun. Yeah, we need a good like someone getting arrested story or someone losing a playbook story or something, or some like, sort of controversy. I was talking about this on my other podcast. Like it happens every year. Like every where's AJ Brown to just be like, dude, I'm going to go off for 10 catches in 200 yards. So we can be like, Oh hell yeah. Like talk some shit. Like let's, you know, it's just, it's, it's been all like, they're a great team. They've been here, you know, the Eagle, blah, blah, blah. Like it's just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good football matchup. I'm not arguing that. The football matchup to me is super interesting. Uh, right now, the odds are. Oh God, why am I on this page? The odds are minus one and a half for the Eagles. Opened at I think the Chiefs' slight favorite, plus one hundred five on the money line, minus one twenty five. I should have an answer for this question that I'm gonna just throw out there. I don't. I don't think you have an answer for it, but some people will say it's just better to bet the money line in these situations. And I don't really get it. Like I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be on. Excuse me, I'm gonna be on the Chiefs, but I'm gonna take the one and a half. <laughs> like I've I've seen games end by a single point pretty odd. Like it happens. It's not the most ridiculous thing. Like I'll take the one and a half. Are you someone who's like, nah, nah, I'll just take the plus one hundred five because really, what's the I, difference? I, yeah, I would. T- if I'm taking plus one hundred five, then I think that team's gonna. I'm sorry. If I'm taking one point even up to like anything under three then i probably think that team's gonna win the game okay so you're of the school where you're just like yeah whatever i'll just take the money line pretty much i I rarely take numbers under two and a half this is there isn't any gambling logic behind it other than like you were gambling like there isn't like well again it's like mathematical theory you have to this do you no, I mean, but if it's if it, if my analysis leads me to think that a team is going to cover with plus two or less, then like I'm almost certainly think that team's going to win the game. So why not get to the better side of the number, which would be I'd rather take the plus money than, you know, the off chance that the two points comes into play. For sure. I mean, how many NFL games come down to one, two points? I don't know. That would be an interesting thing. Yeah, I think that. Let me see if I have this in my notes, but a a great majority of the games in the Super Bowl aren't decided by the spread. Like if you just bet the team to win outright, that's usually the outcome of the uh, of the Super Bowl. Hold on, uh, I don't have that stat in front of me, which kind of pisses me off. Um, yeah, but so typically the points don't come into into play here in these in these Super Bowl matchups. Um. I will say, initially I brushed off the idea of it mattering, the Philadelphia Eagles' like weak strength of schedule. Um, I brushed that off mattering, but there's been 13 games, uh, I think since 2000, where the strength of schedule difference was 10 spots in between the two teams. And the team with the better strength of schedule is 10-3 and three straight up, 8-5 and five against the spread. According to Jeff Sagarin, the Chiefs have a sixteenth have the sixteenth toughest strength of schedule. The Eagles have the thirty first, and 
I initially thought, like, I even tweeted it out, like, right after the end of the NFC Championship game, like, don't fall into the trap of betting against the Eagles because they've had a weaker schedule. But it's been profitable finding following that system. Do you think there's anything into that? I'll get to that in a second. I just want to say that um, I just looked it up. The last Super Bowl that was decided by fewer than three points was your Giants in 1991. It's been 30 years since the Super Bowl was decided by fewer than three points. Right. And I, based on what I'm seeing, it's the only game, only Super Bowl in history that's been de- decided by less than three points. So, yeah, yeah like there was like I, just it, it of Super Bowls for like 15 years from like 80 to 95. Except for that one we've, Bills Giants one. We've had 56 Super Bowls and all but one of them have decided been decided by at least 3 points. Mm-hmm. How many one-score games are there? Actually, I can pull that uh, up too. I mean, in the last few years we've had the Rams and Bengals, the Eagles and Patriots was an 8 point game so we'll call that a one score uh patriots and and falcons obviously it's like all the patriots games it looks like yeah let's see um i don't know i mean they there are a few looks like there was a good run actually from again your giants when they beat the patriots in in 2008 from that super bowl for the next one two three four five that started a run of six straight Super Bowls decided by fewer than by six points or less. I got two. I got twenty-two Super Bowls out of the fifty-six decided by eight points or less. That's what I have here. So, and a lot of them were recent because there was that run of six, and then since then there's been one, two, three, four, five more. So there's been eleven since two thousand eight. Yeah, we've actually probably in the golden age of Super Bowls. With a couple of massive duds thrown in, which was that San Francisco, uh, I'm sorry, not San Francisco, Seattle, Denver. Remember that disaster? The snap over Peyton Manning's head on the first play that and that game was. You want to hear something close. embarrassing? Actually, I would love to. No, it's still embarrassing. That, how long ago was that? Uh, that was 2014. I've hit Nine one years. Super Bowl since then. Oh, boy. Yeah. It was the Philadelphia Eagles over the, the, the Patriots. I Wow. I didn't lay that much money on it because I wasn't betting as heavily as I am now uh, during that when that Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl. Oh, so were you on the Falcons? You must have been on the Falcons. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like and that was when I just started seeing my ex and I didn't really want her to know that I was gambling as like heavily <laughs> as I was. So I couldn't even have the proper emotions to that loss. And I was like really, I was like super sick that day. So like I didn't, I did not react the way I think most Falcons betters reacted, which is just probably complete freak out mode. I even tweeted out at halftime when they were down 28, three is like, do we have a quarterback controversy in new England? Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to get out there? But that's, that's when you learn not to count your money before the final whistle. Yeah, no, literally that scarred me for life. Like I never believe it's over at this point. Like I'll yeah. never, I'll never believe it's over. Were you, did you bet that Super Bowl? No. <laughs> Lucky you. Well, I don't know. You, you, it depends what side you're on. Yeah, I guess. obviously. Yeah. 
Um, but the one that I won before that was the Seahawks Broncos. And I was so confident in the Seahawks. I was like, they're going to dump truck this team. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but like I knew it was going to be an ass whooping. And I, I, uh, so I bet them pretty heavily, but I have whiffed on Super Bowls all but one since then. So what is that? So Seven out of that, eight I've lost. <laughs> that means you probably also, so you lost the other heartbreaker then probably, which was Seattle, New England when Seattle yeah, threw, threw the pick. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You uh, should stop betting against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I know. Yeah. My ex said that to me. Cause again, she, she's a, she was a Brazilian girl. And the only thing she knew about football was Tom Brady always won. And like in her fucking like thick Brazilian accent after I lost betting the Rams against the Patriots, she was like, I don't get it. Why would you bet against Tom Brady? And it was just like, so you bet against him every time. The only, Cause you said the one you won was, Oh no, you, you bet Philly. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. You bet against yeah. him four times and went one and three. Including two massive heartbreaks. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could argue it was on the right side of two of them, but then again, like, when you bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, are you on the right side? Apparently not. That's right. No. I mean, well, the Giants got him twice, but I didn't bet the first one. Actually, I didn't bet either because um, the the second one was in, like, the middle of my trip out to California, and I, truthfully, I didn't have a bookmaker. I had no one to take my bet. Um, I was in high school, I think, for the second. I remember winning a bunch of money on the second one on the David Tyree catch because I was in like my dad's work pool. I think I was like seventeen or eighteen, and that's, that's all what I, I consider the, the first one, the first Eli Manning Super Bowl. Because oh, we, was that the, first the Giants one? have won four: one in eighty-six, one in ninety-one, one in two thousand seven, two thousand. That makes more. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes more sense because I was in yeah two thousand eight because I was in high school. That's yeah. right. So it was that one. I remember winning a ton of money on that because I was in like a pool. And I had, I don't know, my whoever I picked to win the NFC obviously didn't, but I had the best picks of anyone. Like, no one had the Giants, right? Like, no one picked that Giants team. Yeah. But if the Patriots won, then a bunch of people were going to jump me because, you know, a ton of people picked the Patriots. So I needed the Giants to win because whatever. And they just because of game I, theory. Good shit. All right. Exactly. And so I remember winning money on that one. That was like my, that was when I think the, the, Got got its hooks into me. I was like, "Ooh, I like this." Do you just always win? I remember saying that to my dad. <laughs> oh. It's like winning a fantasy football league, and you like think you're a genius superstar, and you realize like this shit's luck. It's gonna change next year. Like, yeah. doesn't matter. I remember there was a guy in my I, I I learned all this through my dad. Like, I used to play in his fantasy leagues when I was like 16. And I remember my first ever fantasy draft going to a bar and I felt so fucking cool, right? Like I'm at the bar with all the dudes and we would just make fun of this one guy. Again, I'm 16. He drafts the Baltimore Ravens defense in the first round, like just crazy shit. Goes on to win the league. And you're just like that. I think that I should have learned then. Like it doesn't matter. Like nobody knows anything. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I got a, I'm in an, an intense fantasy football league with some OC bros and they're just goofy jock meatheads, but one of them drafted two quarterbacks in the first four rounds. It was Lamar. He actually took Lamar Jackson in the fourth round on his in his MVP year, and he took Pat Mahomes in the second round. And everyone dogged him, and like it was the first time that I met him. It was like my first year in the draft, and he like tried talking to me about it. He's like, "Dude, I know everyone thinks I'm an idiot, but I." I actually kind of know what I'm doing. I feel good about it. And like, I was kind of rolling my eyes like, whatever, dude, like 
two quarterbacks in the first four rounds. Like, what a dumbass. And, of course, he won the league that year. Lamar Jackson went off. And, like, he had someone else that went off. And it's like I had the – I actually had – I had the number one pick, and it was either Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, and one of them went down for the year. I don't remember – like how that played out it could have been either one yeah no i actually on the year i had i picked them they were my first pick in back-to-back years and they got injured in back-to-back years and that was like three my first three years in that league my number one pick got a season-ending injury within like the first like three weeks so there is some game like believe it or not as stupid as that guy does sound and i was laughing too there is some game theory behind like you know, you can win a league with one player, especially depending on the construct of the roster. It's why I like deeper rosters, and I always try to talk to my friends into, like, let's have more starters, not less. And they hate it. And they hate it because the less you know, the more it benefits you to have the roster smaller. Because yeah, then it comes random. down to... Exactly. You, you, you increase the variability. So there is actually a game theory, though. If the rosters are small like that, and you take Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, there's a... You're, Increasing your chances that you drafted the NFL MVP and just one of those guys could win your league. And you've given yourself like you took a, a potential league winner in the fourth round. Yeah. Now, the opposite side of that, of course, is like, yeah, but you can't start both. So one of them is just going to be sitting on your bench. But it's also you've taken Mahomes away from or Lamar Jackson away from your opponent. So it's not it's not as wild as as it looks on the surface. Yeah, I just remember him wasted like trying to like talk about this and like explain it. It was like, nah, dude, it's, it's probably like, I'm guessing his explanation was strategy. as good as mine. No, no, it wasn't. He was if like, I had given you that speech, you'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. That yeah. Makes, that makes some sense. No, he was just blitzed and he was just like, dude, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I don't Who know. What are we to say, man? I've, I watched a guy yeah. draft a defense in the first round and a kicker in the fifth round and win the fucking league. So who knows? He, and that guy, that was his second straight fantasy title. So it's like, what do I mean? What do I Maybe know? Maybe he does know what he's <laughs> yeah, doing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, all right, let's let's get back to Super Bowl uh, Fifty Seven. Who do you like in the game, dude? I'm taking the Chiefs. <sighs> Me too. It feels kind of square. We got to be honest. Like the more I hear, the more I, I hear people taking the Chiefs, and I think it's all based on the same analysis, right? Like easy strength of schedule for the Eagles, Mahomes, Andy Reid, extra time to prepare. Um, Jalen Hurts still has his questionable soldier shoulder injury, so that kind of negates Mahomes' injured ankle if it if even is still injured. And still injured. there's gonna like the two weeks of preparation will will help Andy Reid and Mahomes figure out a way to kind yes. of circumvent their wide receiver issues. Exactly. And yeah, like you said, it's not even just Hurts injury, but you know, we have not seen him play well in a big game ever in his career and he's legit he hasn't never even, made a big throw i don't think so right like i don't think you could point to any like play in his career where you're like that was a big play at a big moment and even the two playoff games like they won against you know they beat the giants who sorry but they stink and yeah. then they beat you know a quarterback who couldn't throw by 30 points so you know he didn't really have to do anything in either game and, you know, there's certainly a school of thought that 
just because he hasn't done it before, he has played in big games, and maybe this is his coming out party and his moment, but I would bet against that. I would bet more likely that Mahomes, who's playing in his third Super Bowl in five years and has been in the AFC title game five straight years, uh, is more likely to come up with the play when the time comes. And I think the Chiefs are actually just better than people realize, and everyone just boils it down to Mahomes and their wide receivers stinking and only really having Travis Kelsey, but you know, their offense and defensive line are both really fucking good and probably the best offense defense line pair that the Eagles will have seen this season. So I think that's going to be an interesting matchup as well. Yeah. You know, San Francisco 49ers, I think would give them what w- are yeah, better than the Chiefs. Right. C- correct. But it's also mitigated by the fact that we didn't even get to see them play against the 49ers. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do have one of my. I'm on the Chiefs here too. I think I'm going to be on the under as well. One of the props that I bets that I'm going to make is first Philadelphia Eagles drive result grouped no offensive score and it's minus one forty. So I'm laying a big number. Um, really? Because part of it's my hand minus one forty. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have thought that no score would be plus money. No. Um, and that's the thing is that like, so I heard this, this, this famous, like sharp that means people are, that means people are going to be betting that there is going to be a score. And Absolutely. You, you're on the right side. Yeah. So I heard this people would rather, would rather bet on scores than like, Oh, I'm hoping for a punt. And they're only, all... only savages like you take shit like that. Yeah. I mean, and it's also like most public bettors are going to be looking for plus money payouts. Right. And this is one where it's like, I mean, most people think, well, Chiefs defense really isn't that good. Eagles can run the ball on anyone. They're going to go up and down the field, and they're going to at least get a field goal, and their kicker has a pretty big leg, which is all obviously factored into the pricing already in the nose minus 140. But I was listening to this professional prop player. His name is he goes by the hitman. That's obviously not his real name. It's just like his pseudonym. No, it's or not. <laughs> um, I don't think so. But... He was on the Circles Off podcast, which is not, I don't even remember what network. I think it's the Hammer Betting Network. He's also on a pregame.com guy, but he's. All right. You don't need to give him this much of a plug. Well, I I just want to, I just want (laughs) to attribute the analysis to him partially because he helped me get there. And it's just like he's saying successful prop players usually buy the, bet, bet the expensive props because that's the, that's, like the public wants no part of those. So like another one that I got was over, um, excuse me. No under one and a half yard would be the, the lowest touchdown scored or the, the shortest touchdown scored yep. under a yard and a half. And the yes on that, which is what I bet was minus minus one seventy. So for a one yard There's- touchdown is minus minus one seventy. Right. Um, and, you know, the plus payout is plus 125. So most of the people are going to be like, well, how often is a one-yard a one yard touchdown actually scored? And especially Almost in the every Super game. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you think of, like, how often do you see, like, these crazy defensive pass interference penalties yeah, that put it on the one yard? It always is. Yeah. yeah. It's always the defensive penalty that puts it on the one. So I don't know if you read this already, but I'm just going to – it's for the listeners, obviously. But in the last 10 Super Bowls, there have been 10 – one yard touchdown scored, including in eight of the actual games. So there was two and yeah. a, a few of them. And there was actually 
a couple like two or three yard touchdowns in the games that didn't have a one yard touchdown. So it was like right there, right? So this is another one where it's like, yeah, it's minus one seventy. No one's really betting it, but it fucking hits. <laughs> it hits pretty often. So I, I took two. Those are two of my props here. But getting back to the other one because it also bridges into my handicap for the game, and that's the um, the Philadelphia Eagles' first drive resorting in, uh, resulting in no score. I think, and I told you this, I think, during the conference championship breakdown that we did, but the Kansas City Chiefs defense, I think, is the most underrated unit in the entire playoffs. Like, they're actually nasty. Like, their defensive line's sick. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. are, like, above average starting linebackers. Their secondary is pretty young, but they grade out really well in pro football focus. And, like, there's also the whole butterfly thing where it's, like, I mean, it's it's as obvious as anything. There's going to be an, oh, shit, we're in the Super Bowl, like, vibe on the Philadelphia Eagles sideline, at least with the quarterback and the coach, right? I know, I know, I know they have champions on the offensive and defensive line, but, you know, the guys that are making the scoring plays are going to be the quarterback and the coach or the scoring decisions, decisions of the quarterback and coach. So I'm going um, no touchdown to be scoring the Eagles' first drive minus 140. Any thoughts on that? I like it. I also think in the Super Bowl, especially against a team you don't know particularly well, that there's that feeling out period, uh, which usually leads to it being a little tighter, especially early. Yeah. Four teams kind of start opening it up. You don't want to because, you know, having a first drive touchdown is great, but having a first drive huge mistake is bigger. And so I think teams try to guard against the huge mistake and especially the Eagles. I think the biggest threat to that bet would be if the Chiefs get the ball first and score, um, especially if they score a touchdown. Then I think the Eagles might come out. But I, if I had that bet, I would be praying that the Eagles got the ball first. Yeah, because they're probably going to have to go 75 yards. I'm thinking the first kickoff is in me kick a touchback. And I wouldn't want – again, I wouldn't want there to be any points on the board yet. Because, like, you know, if the Chiefs get the ball and happen to just – Mahomes just comes out and lights up that first drive. The Eagles might be like, we can't just let this be. We got to, we got to make something happen. They might, you might see a little more even aggressive decision-making early, but I, I don't, but Sirianni is notoriously aggressive and that's always interesting. I always look to see a rookie coach if they hold true to form in the big spot. So will Sirianni have the stones to do what he's done all year in this spot? Again, just like Jalen Hurts, Sirianni hasn't really had to do much coaching in the first two games, right? They've won both of their playoff games by over 20 points. So he hasn't really been put in a spot where he's got to make tough decisions yet. So that's another rookie that we're like, I don't know. How's he going to, how's he going to show up when the, when the chips are down? Yeah. Someone was saying that like one of the active players that were interviewed, I think on radio row, I don't even remember who it was, was saying that, Nick Sirianni just has so many, so much talent that that coach is like he's pretty much on autopilot. Like anyone can do it. I forget it who was said the Giants it. player. Was it? It was the Giants player. That's McKinney. Why they were giving him it was McKinney. Wasn't it? or Julian Love? It was Julian Love. It was Love. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Love who said I could coach that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, by the way. That's what I'm talking about. Like, why is the bit the best story coming from a guy who's not even in the game? That's what annoys me. Hmm. Yeah. Something crazy, I think, is going to happen. Why is Travis Kelsey not out here, like, ripping his shirt off at the podium, being like, you think they want to cover me? 
Like, that'd be awesome. Let's get some WWE shit going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need a guarantee for sure. Um, speaking of Nick Sirianni's aggressiveness, I bet over 36 and a half shortest punt for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because you think for it to go under 36 and a half, it's most likely like one of those coffin corner punts. To, he ain't punting punt from the 40. He ain't punting on his 40. side of the field. Like, no way. Unless nope. it's like a third and five on the 35 and there's like a 10-yard sack. Then he might be like, all right, shit. But like, right. But that's smart. You're like, that's a very specific yeah. thing that would have to happen, and you're betting against that happening. And even like, like Jake Elliott, I think hit a 61 yarder, the Eagles kicker in his right. rookie season. So like, and I, it's a dome, right? It's State Farm Stadium is a dome. So like, if they're 60 yards out, they might just kick a field goal, right? So the only the only downside is that their punter hasn't played in weeks and he's coming off an injury and i don't know is he I gonna be a little kern was gonna be the punter is he actually gonna be playing the, i the think other it's guy? gonna be i think it's gonna be sipos like he's said he was ready to go i would prefer that actually because simp Sim, what's his name again i don't know i don't necessarily know if i pronounced it correctly he's an australian aaron sipos Okay, well, he kicks the ball on average five yards further than Brett Kern, so I would prefer the, that guy get out there, true, actually. True, but Kern probably, I don't know, this would be interesting to look up. Like, Does Kern more consistently just hit 42-yard punts, whereas Sip Boss might mix in a fucking shank in, in between his 58-yard bombs? Kern shanked one of his four punts in the NFC Championship game for 34 <laughs> okay, yards. Well, I already looked well, perfect. at it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. so, um, no, there there is a chance this full... Uh, this full shanks one. So I'm nervous about that, but I just, I, it's mostly based off of like Sirianni and Philadelphia's aggressiveness. Um, they, they've gone for it the fourth most out of any other team in the NFL. And like, they'll set up third down plays to go for it on fourth down. Cause they know like they can almost convert a quarterback sneak on a fourth and two, <laughs> like between that offensive line and like their, their strategy of just like, shoving Jalen Hurts forward like they're down to like a third and six like let's run a draw like let's get it to two two yards or a yard and if that's the case like they're not gonna punt on their side of the on on the other side of the field then if it's like they're kicking on their 35 it's like well just kick the fucking ball dude just put it out there you know I like that bet a lot because like you said you're basically betting against a shank and you're betting against like a fourth and 12 plus from inside the 50. Like those right. are the two scenarios that stop that from hitting. And it kind of correlates. And they're with, unlikely. What was the, what was the, uh, minus was the 110 each way. Oh, it's even. Yeah. It was minus 110 each way. Oh, I might have to, I might have to lay a little coin on that. I like that play a lot. And also correlates. I'm kind of just going through my game props article, which is on outkick.com backslash sports dash betting. Check that check uh, that page out for all my stuff. Some of Dan's stuff. Some of the homie David Troy stuff. Are you doing a, a Super Bowl bets piece this year? I'm not. You guys are killing it. Clay is posting his stuff. Like, there's enough Super Bowl betting content. Um, I've actually been doing some Big J journalism this week. Yeah, you believe have. it or not. Yeah. And. Uh, so I'm not going to post any betting content. Um, all right. Well, I this is also on my game, game props um, post, but I'm and it kind of correlates with the aggressiveness aspect of it, or one of the outs for that 
shortest punt going over. I'm going under five and a half total game sacks. It's minus 120. Both offensive lines are sick, right? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. He's the best at avoiding pressure as well. So, like, he's going to... He's going to be able to get rid of the ball before the Phillies' just sick pass rush gets there. Um, and and Philadelphia's offensive line, like four of the five starters are top ten graded by PFF. And while I love Chris Jones, Frank Clark is awesome. Like the Kansas City defensive line is a tad underrated they don't have a a matchup edge over Philadelphia's offensive line. So, like, I don't think there's going to be – I think there's going to be less than five sacks, and I'm gambling partially on that shortest punt thing where it's like they're not going to be sacked at a field goal range and still on the other team's side of the ball. So, kind of all – both of those those props kind of correlate, I think. Have you looked at any of the props for the Super Bowl? I know you're kind of just I'm I'm more bouncing my bets off of you, but if you have any specific ones that jump out to you, by all means. I mean, I, I not really. I I'm doing like a I have a buddy who runs like a props pool where you pick like four. He has like a list of forty props, and then you just pick them, and then whoever has the most points. So that's kind of and it's all it's mostly the like goofy stuff like it's not even like the serious stuff it's it's mostly the like how many times are they gonna one thing I've always noticed though is like those those props that seem like a sure thing like the goofy ones um you know one of them was over under one and a half times that Tom Brady is mentioned under all day over under one and a half times Roger Goodell is shown on television under all day like all those ones that you think are like definitely gonna like of course they're gonna talk about tom brady of course they're gonna show roger good i think one of them one time was it was the harbaugh bowl and it was like how many times will their parents be shown the answer ended up being zero like those things don't hit but everyone always just goes like of course they're gonna do that and then they just don't hit ever yeah i would be one of those suckers that would bet the yes in the tom brady thing right because it's like how are they isn't it a fox broadcast yes well, he, I mean, he's going to be a Fox broadcast analyst next yeah, not this not, season, no, next season. Not next season. No, like no, no, I know. Seasons. In 2024, but I feel like right. between so, his like, retirement. Why would they bring him up? Because the, the guy's played in how many of the recent Super Bowls? That, uh, nine? You want to go, go head-to-head on that one? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I love to. Yeah. <laughs> Over, under, top. Wait, wait do you have the actual that? number? Because DraftKings doesn't have some of these novelty props, so do you have it's an one off- and a half. Yeah, it's is, it, is it on DraftKings? Oh, I don't know if it's on DraftKings. Okay, cool. But yeah, I'll go one and a half with you. No, th- I think this guy gets most of his stuff. Because like the, a lot of those props that can be human controlled aren't even offered by like the real books. Yeah. But you can get them at like the offshores, right? Like one year, I'll never forget. This is one of my favorite stories. Um, I was working at ESPN and I had to work the Super Bowl. And uh, I had to produce like an NBA show during the Super Bowl. Because ESPN just counter programs like. If you you're not going to run a football show during the Super Bowl because anyone who's into football is going to be watching the Super Bowl, so they sure. would just run counter pro like, hey, maybe you don't care about the NFL, you know, maybe you want to talk about the NBA. Anyway, I couldn't have cared less about that show because I hate the NBA and I'm watching the Super Bowl. But anyway, there was a guy there. One of the hosts was like, "Hey, man, I got the rehearsal time for the anthem 
it's going to be exactly one minute and 58 seconds. Like I am, I would bet my life on it. Like I got the inside scoop and every, we all just like jumped on. I think they maxed it out at like 50 bucks, but the under was like the plus money side. And like, literally we're all just running back and forth. Like, dude, we know the anthem's going to be under. We know it like hammer it right now. Log onto your account, hammer it. And it was dead. He was dead nuts on. It was, he said, it's going to be a, it's going to be one minute, 58 seconds. I am positive. And it was one minute, 58 seconds to the note. It was unbelievable. Yeah. No, something for the, I think for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl recently at Raymond James Stadium in, in Tampa Bay, there was someone standing outside the stadium with a cell phone camera and they recorded the entire rehearsal and posted to social media and all the big books just took it down. Like they, yeah, they stopped to. accepting action because. That was the answer. Like that, that was the yeah. yeah. That's what it's gonna be. Like, that's, that's, that's what, what it there's is. not gonna be like. A, there's not gonna be a surprise. Like yeah, they, this no. shit. People, it's rehearsed. People think like yeah, like the halftime show is like you know what's Rihanna's first song gonna be is one of them, right? And it's like they know the answer, and yeah, some people do know the answers to those, and that's why these books restrict those too. Like normally on those kind of props, the max would be like fifty bucks. Because DraftKings is like. Hey, if you got inside info on what Rihanna's first song, like we'll give you the fifty bucks. Like, congratulations on that. Right. Now, what to your point though, if everybody knows the answer, then you take it down. Cause it's like, okay, now we're just giving away money. But if there's a couple people who have some inside information, as long as you cap it at fifty bucks, like it doesn't who cares? And that's what happened with this one. Like, this wasn't public knowledge that what this guy was telling us. He was just like, I just got a text from my buddy who's like been at all the rehearsals and was like this is the time yeah for sure <laughs> his buddy's like got a stopwatch like what do you yeah like he he was like this is the time the I, other people I, on set are like what, what are you doing like, oh, don't worry about it <laughs> selling <laughs> but again info. like so the point i was trying to make is like so you know a lot of these books don't offer these because pro- again like you could have a rogue camera guy right who's like or a rogue director who put 20 grand on number of times they're going to show roger goodell and be like Cut to Goodell. Cut to Goodell. Like, let's, you know what I mean? Like, you could do that pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so they just don't. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to, for someone connected to get, to get that information and bet on it. Dude, I knew a guy, like, I had a friend of a friend who supposedly was betting like $50,000 per Mexican baseball game. And that just blew my mind. It's like, wait a second. Wait a second. How can you find, because this is through a bookie, how can you find a local bookmaker to take a $50,000 Mexican baseball bet? Because you'd be suspicious. Yeah, of course. You can fix a Mexican baseball game for (laughs) $20,000. I'm pretty sure they all are. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, dude. Like, for sure. If I'm a bookmaker and someone is trying to, get uh, trying to bet a hundred thousand dollars on a mexican baseball game like no effing like i am not taking that action no way yeah anything even if it like it doesn't even have to be mexican baseball it's like d3 basketball they're like no 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 no. Yeah, yeah. that seems like someone knows something 20k in ping pong no i'm good here i'm good here i wish i had this one one that i bet last year that i hit and i put like 200 bucks on it and it was it was uh coach to call the first time out and there was this stat about McVeigh that he called the first time out in like 13 of the Rams 16 games or something. Like it was like Sean McVeigh loves to burn a timeout early in the game on something dumb. He does it all the time. And I put like 200 bucks on McVeigh to call the first time out. And literally like seven minutes into the game, 
wouldn't you know it, they couldn't get a playoff and they called the timeout. And I was like, that was the easiest $200 I've ever made in my entire life. I don't have any info like that this year, but Andy Reid does dumb shit, so maybe he's the he's the play there. No, yeah, the the first time I'm to be called, I'm looking for the line right now because I saw it. There's just so much action on on DraftKings. There's so many different lines going that yeah. it's hard to it's find. It's got to be there. It was I got it on DraftKings last year, so they definitely had it last year. Um, timeout. Yeah, I can't find it real quick, but I know I know the um, I know the Andy Reid and the and the. And the Chiefs are like heavy favorites to to catch that prop. I'm 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 looking for it now, but I don't think I'm going to be able to find it, unfortunately. But that's one that it's like Andy Reid's always burning timeouts. Like I would lay right. up to minus one forty. Um, I I don't know where it went though. I think it could have been even higher than minus one forty, honestly. If I remember correctly, too, McVeigh wasn't even juiced that high. Like especially because that was the like someone tipped me off to that was like they don't seem to know that Sean McVay calls timeouts. Cause it was like, he was like minus one Oh five and the Bengals, I think were like minus minus one twenty five. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I can't, I can't find that. That's a good, that's a good look though. Um, but it'd be interesting to see like, does Sirianni, do the Eagles use timeouts or like, that's always a fun one that you can kind of get an edge on. Well, we got to kind of breeze this. This went 40 minutes. Holy shit. Okay. So let me give you some of my other looks and you can kind of, Give your quick thoughts on this. Isaiah Pacheco over 11 and a half rushing attempts plus 105. I think there's going to be more of a run heavy game script out of the, 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 What's the his re- what are his receiving props? Cause I would go back to that. By the way, I crushed that prop. Remember I told yeah, you, you I was like, dude, he went for five gonna... for 51 last week. He hit the prop on the first drive. It was like over six and a half yards. He hit it on the first drive, but you're always saying, Fade what you recently saw, and I think all that all that Pacheco out of the backfield game they, film is going to moved his. They moved his. It's fifteen and a half now. It's more than double what it was last week, and it's juiced on that side minus one twenty. Right, on the over, on the over. Yeah, people are betting the over, which is still probably the better look. But I'm also on Boston Scott under eight and a half rushing yards. But see, now McKinnon is at only 20 and a half. Because last week, McKinnon was at like 29 and a half in Pacheco. So Pacheco, now I might lean towards that McKinnon line. Well, here's the thing. McKinnon is on the injury report with ankles, as in both his ankles are injured. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure Juju has as on the injury report for ankle, and, and McKinnon is ankles. Uh, Boston Scott is I think the most heavily bet prop. Well, actually, I'm not sure, but nine, according to Veasan, 99% of the money and 98% of the bets are on Boston Scott over seven and a half yards, which is now up to eight and a half. So I'm going under because it's like you are the third string running back. He has kick return duties. I'm assuming mo- he might not even get a kick return because he'll just kick it out of the back of the end zone probably. But if he does, that opens the gate for or opens the door for an injury on a kick return, which is a shitty way to win a bet, but I'll take it, right? Um, Wait, by the way, real quick, now that you just triggered this on me, I looked this up. Uh, opening kickoff to be a touchback is juiced heavily on yes. The Both the Chiefs and the Eagles' touchback percentage is like – I don't know, 70% for the year, but both of them are only at 50% touchback percentage in the la- in the playoffs. Do you know how the how they game plan the kickoff? Like do they try to like kick it short and try to tackle them inside the 20 or is it 
Is it is there is there a wind factor or a weather factor at any of those? No, I don't have that much info. Okay, <laughs> All right, fair enough. Hey, people helping people, good stuff. Um, I'm also going over Jarek McKinnon two and a half yard uh, rushing yards in his first attempt, which is minus one fifty, just because I think when the Philadelphia Eagles see him out there, like, oh, this is a this is this is a pass, and if he gets a rush attempt. Like three yards, really, that's a shitty run, but it would still cash in over. And like Philadelphia's rush defense isn't that good. So if McKinnon gets a lighter box anyways, I think that should be a winner. Thoughts? Yeah, it's fine. Going under 19 and a half Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. I think the ankle is actually a thing, right? I think it's a I thing. Can't believe they're, I can't believe they're offering it. They didn't offer it in the uh, last game. It's minus 135 for the under. and That makes sense. Um, let's see. I don't know if, if his actually, yeah, more people are betting the under. Damn it. That sucks. Well, I thought I was going to be fading the public with that one. So those are some of my rushing. No, game I props. mean, the public's, the public's thought's going to be, he's hurt. He's not going to run. Mm, yeah. Maybe I'm taking a square position here. Uh, receiving props. I'm going under 14 and a half for Kadarius Tony. Uh, excuse me, under 14 and a half longest reception for Kadarius Tony. Oh, I was going to say 14 and a half seems low. Yeah, yeah, under for his longest reception. Um, he's had a reception longer than 14 and a half yards in two of his 11 games played this season for both the Chiefs and the Giants. He caught five passes for 36 yards in the AFC divisional round, but the longest was nine yards. He was on the field for 29% of the offensive snaps for KC in the AFC divisional round six for the AFC title game because he was injured. That guy, as a Giants fan, I just know this, and you probably know this as well because you're a huge football fan, but that guy has the most fragile hamstring maybe in the entire NFL. Like, he is, he's going to get injured probably running out to, like, you know, the, like in the warm-ups, which would, would That would be would funny if someone... It would be funny if someone like jogged out to the opening huddle and just was like, oh my God, my hamstring. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like kind of dancing. Like it's going to be McKinnon. It's going to be McKinnon on the ankles. He's um, going to like take a weird step and then step on the other. And be like, ah, oh, both my ankles. I got this earlier this week and you just mentioned it. Isaiah Pacheco under 16 and a half receiving yards. What's it at right now? Say it again. I got under Pacheco 16 and a half receiving yards. You said it's down to 15 and a half. So I got, I, I just saw it at 15 and a half. Oh wow. So I got the, the best end of that number and I'm going under Quez Watkins, 12 and a half receiving yards. Cause it's like, I mean, how many pre, like Jalen hurts is going to hit the third wide receiver in his progression. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree. And there's too many mouths to feed in, in the Philly offense between um, Sanders, Brown, Smith, Goddard, uh, Gladwell, you know, I tend to uh, gain. Well, I tend to agree Gainwell. with you that when hurt, cause you think like, well, how do you get to your third receiver? Like, well, either he goes through three progressions, which seems unlikely, or he scrambles around and finds, you know, somebody breaking him, but Hertz doesn't do that. Cause he's just going to run. If he breaks yeah. contain, he's going to run. He's not going to, he's not. It's kind of what I don't love about Justin Fields, where everyone's always like on him. Like Justin Fields runs to run. Like that's the difference. 
Like, whereas Mahomes has always been a guy who's very athletic and can run and will run, but he, first and foremost, is always looking to throw. He runs as a last resort, whereas guys like Fields and Hurts, they break, they're like, I'm running. Like, I'm committed. This is a run play now. And so I like that play a lot. All right. My last prop uh, before I give you the, the game selections are uh, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going under 294 pass. 294 and a half passing yards because and you're under his rushing and his passing. Yeah. Just, you hate Patrick Mahomes, don't you? No, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan, but it's going to be the most publicly bet prop in the uh, Super Bowl, and typically under his cash in these, in these Super Bowl props. Right. I think there's going to be a, a run again. I think there's going to be a run heavy game script out of Kansas city. He's went under 290 and a half yards in both of his Super Bowls. And Philly's pass defense is pretty sick, right? Like, even if the Chiefs wide receivers were fully healthy, like, come on. Marquez Valdez Scantling versus Scantling versus Darius Slay. I'll take Darius Slay. James Bradbury versus Juju Smith Schuster. I'll take James Bradbury. Who's the third Chiefs wide receiver? The rookie, Sky Moore? I'll take Avante Maddox, right? Like I think it correlates with your Chiefs pick, too, because I think uh, if Mahomes goes over the passing prop, that probably means the Chiefs are behind. For sure. Um, Well, yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. So I'm going with under Pat Mahomes rushing yards. I'm going under Pat Mahomes receiving yards. I gave out a lot of props, so just scroll back or, or, or rewind back and listen to some of them. My official game selections... I'll I'll take one and a half points with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going under 51 um, for the game total, and for the Super Bowl MVP, I'm thinking. No, I'm not like. I'm not like that sold on it, but like Isaiah Pacheco plus four thousand. I like it. I like it. I think there's a chance he can get two or three rushing touchdowns. No they're they're giving it to Patrick Mahomes if the Chiefs win. Yeah, most likely. I mean, that's why he's like a, a favorite and he's the most bet guy on the board and he's probably going to win it. Like my way of playing it would be like $25 on Patrick Mahomes win the MVP and $10 on Isaiah Pacheco or something that in that scale, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. I mean, if you're going to just sprinkle on like a long shot, I always like those plays because you're not risking a lot and the, the, as long as there's a reason for it. But yeah, it's, it, it is hard to imagine a situation where the chiefs win the super bowl and Patrick Mahomes isn't awarded the MVP, just especially based on like, first of all, the NFL loves him. They love promoting him. And, you know, with all the injury stuff, like it just feels like it would be hard to, to envision a scenario where the chiefs win the football game and Patrick Mahomes is not the MVP. No, I agreed. Um, the Eagles, I feel like probably there's more value there because I could definitely see scenarios where Jalen Hurts doesn't win the MVP in a in an Eagles win. Yeah, the most that guy is, is Patrick Mahomes. Then it's Jalen Hurts. Then it's Hassan Reddick at plus three thousand. He's got the the third largest handle to win the Super Bowl MVP behind oh. the two quarterbacks. Where's AJ Brown? AJ Brown is sixth. He's behind those three: Travis Kelty and my my Miles Sanders. He's plus twelve hundred, 
four percent of the handle. I don't hate that play. Yeah, on AJ Brown, I don't either. Because um, he's a guy who can take over a game and be and be a clear difference maker. Where you go, like they ain't winning without that guy. Yeah, I mean, I just think back to that tight Titan San Francisco game last year on Thursday Night Football where. AJ Brown went fucking nuts and pretty much yeah. beat the the Niners himself. Um, I, yeah, like he's one of those guys. And at plus twelve hundred, like twelve to one on that, I don't think that's a terrible play. No, I agree. But my official picks are Chiefs plus one and a half under fifty one. A little heavier on Mahomes to win the MVP. Do you have the Super Bowl historics on totals? I imagine it's got to lean under, but I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Um, the under has cashed in, looks like 20, <laughs> this is bullshit, 28 of the 56 Super Bowls. <laughs> hey, have fun. Have fun with that. Great analysis, right? And I would half, look, half I, the under is I would look more at the recent ones though. Like where are we in recent? Um, actually, I don't think the first Super Bowl had a total. There you go. I just found it. The last, the last Four, Four Super Bowls under. have gone yeah. under. Yeah. That's what I would guess, too. People love to bet the over, man. Yeah. Well, um, so, yeah, I'm going to be on the under. I'm going to be on the Chiefs plus one and a half. And, you know, I'm just going to sprinkle on Isaiah Pacheco to win the MVP because I think we get a heavier run, uh, a, <laughs> a heavier running game plan out of the Chiefs. You're, you're shaking your head no, and it kind of threw me 0% off. Zero percent chance. Zero percent. Um. You're throwing away ten bucks. What's plus four thousand? Well, let's do the money line calculator. Money line calculator, real quick. Hold on. Plus on four thousand. Uh, that's the odds. So I'm saying plus four thousand. Like, are you saying implied percentage? The implied it's be around two and a half percent, right? Yeah, two point four percent. Be impressed. You got to be impressed with that. That was good. That was good. <laughs> All right, man. What are your official picks? I don't have any. I like where you're at with the Chiefs. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. I like the under as well, just because I always bet the under, especially in big games. Um, Super Bowls, like I mentioned earlier, tend to be like there'll be some, there'll be a feeling out period. Um, uh, the Eagles like to run the ball, like you said. I think the Chiefs will try to run the ball. So I'm, um, I'm just looking for like I'm going to be working. I, I'll be working. You can follow me along at Outkick. I'll be writing stories all Super Bowl long. So I don't want to sweat out bets while I'm trying to crank out stories because that always distracts me and keeps me from doing my job. Fair enough. All right. Well, my job is gambling, so I'm yeah, that's great. Be, I'm just you're living off, the sweet life. <laughs> just firing off bets. All right, guys. Best of luck to you in the Super Bowl. I'll be back tomorrow to break down a few games in the NBA uh, Friday slate. And then I'll probably be talking golf moving forward. Obviously, sprinkling some March Madness, some NFL. You're gonna have me on to talk golf. I'll come on to talk golf anytime. Are you seriously? I love talking golf. I'm looking forward. I'm looking for a golf homie to lift stuff up. A few times you've you've noticed my facial expressions, and you've thought I was reacting to you, and I'm not. I got Xander Shoffley in the WN, and he. I've been. That's what I've been mostly paying attention to. Beautiful. He's looking good so far. Sorry, but yeah, he's a good player. Then you guys will hear Dan um, in the near future to help me break down golf. But we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace.